Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The Braves are eating ice cream and keeping the core together. The umps respond, and I want to talk about a little playoff formula I've been mixing up in my brain. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by Seat Geek. My name is Jimmy, and I'm joined by producer BBD, and that is all I'm joined by as Jake is away. He is on a fantasy draft golf outing that he does every single year, and Trevor... I'm not sure where Trevor is, actually. Yeah, it was. I've been meaning to ask what what he's got going on. I think he's in Cabo. No, I just saying that every, whenever he's away. Um, so one man show and BBD, obviously. So two two men or however you want to say that. How are you doing, young David? I'm doing well. I'm really excited for the episode we've got cooked up. Yeah, I did a lot of prep. I planned out an episode. Uh, there's a lot of baseball to talk about. There was a lot of weird stuff that happened this week that I wanted to make breakdowns of or I'm making breakdowns of. And then the umpires responded. Uh, someone on Reddit put out a really good report on all the closers, which I love that stuff. The Braves are doing some fun stuff just as like an organization. And then I spent like all morning putting together a Google sheet that I don't even, I don't, we'll see. I was trying to figure something out. I think I spent like an hour on it. Hmm. Uh, I'll share it with you guys when I get to it later in the show, just to kind of about the condensed the condensed playoffs and and how what it could mean for what teams because they announced that there's not going to be off days in between. So that's kind of the bigger topics that I'm excited to talk about. I know on this show, we try to cover every team. I think you guys have been able to tell. I don't, I'm not really for that. If this show continues to be a two hour, we have to recap every series that happens show. I might not be long for the show. Might just be like a midweek guest because I I straight up can't do it. A lot of the reviews, there's a whole thing on Reddit, and it was like, Jimmy's been so grouchy lately. And and while it's been an incredibly stressful year for me, lost another two pounds, BBD. Mm. Straight stress, not good. Um, not the way you wanted to. Yeah, I really don't enjoy recapping every single series. Like I I really really don't enjoy that. So if I've seen Grumpy on episodes when we are planless and topicless oh yeah that's just uh not that so i get control of the show today i'm doing the show i want i am gonna put 30 minutes on the clock and i'm gonna go one minute on each team now some teams have cool stuff going on so i'll pause and have conversations about things if i need to some stuff have some teams have nothing going on so at that point well they might only get 30 seconds or whatever it is but that's today's show and then, like I said, I got some stuff that I've been just, you know, rabbit hole stuff in the baseball world that I've been into, which is umps responded. Guy on Reddit made a report about closers, condensed postseason, uh, how it's affecting, and kind of the Braves. So I can talk about the Braves then. So anyway, we will get into the 30 minutes. Every team, I had Max on the research. I made a template. I said, Max, can you fill out this template for me? 
so I can share some information about every single team uh, in the league. And that's what we're going to do to start the show. Unless, BBD, you have something you really want to talk about. Something pops up. Start. Bef- no, not before we get going. Maybe some team will spark something. All right, cool. This 30-minute, one-minute-per-team re- recap is brought to you by... Let's go Roman, because it's all about T support, and I guess the two high T guys on the show aren't here. So this is for me. We need I don't think support. I'm a high T guy. Trev is, uh, for sure. He's I think Jake guy. is. BBD, not to drag you in, I think you and I might be the low T guys of talking baseball. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we have to go to getroman.com slash talking, and we can get their Roman T support. It'll give us confidence. God It'll help us that. prioritize our health and our sense of well-being. It's a great place to start for our testosterone health. All right. And if we so, go to getroman.com slash talking today, if approved, we'll get $15 off our first order of Roman tea support, as will anybody in the audience. Link in the description. Nice. Getroman.com slash talking. talking. How about OG. Roman? They've been with us forever. That's cool. I love that. So the way we have this organized is worst to first, uh, unless they got changed in like in the in the last couple of days. I don't know if we're like up to date, but three days ago, unless they did, I don't know. It may, I think the worst to first order, I don't think has changed. I know all our last ten day records and that stuff was updated this morning. Playoff odds updated this morning. So okay, cool. Maybe the order. I assume it's still right. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. The Washington Nationals, last place in the National League. They lost two out of three to the Cubs. They won the first game, and then they lost the next two. They're 36 and a half back in the division and 25 and a half back in the wild card. Four and six in their last 10. But Nelson Cruz, he's taken off. They probably wish this happened before the trade deadline, so they could have moved him. In the last 10 games, he's batting 310. He's got nine hits, a homer, three multi-hit games in this stretch. So just a little too late. If the waiver wire deadline was still around, Nelson Cruz, he'd be dropped on it and moved to a team, but it's not. So he's just stuck in Washington. I think he's there next year too. So they got another chance, but they have the best uh, outfielder in the game. Joey Manessis. Is that you say it, BBD? Yeah, I believe it's Manessis. I haven't actually heard it, but I went to Hebrew I haven't school heard with a guy it. with yeah. the same spelling last name, and it was Manessis. And Trevor was teammates with him. I don't know if he's mentioned that on an episode that you were on. but Yeah, I think he's said it before. So maybe I've heard Trev say it, but I didn't listen carefully yeah. enough. He and um, uh, he and Voight, because Voight keeps ending up in these situations where he's splitting first base. I got a fun first base DH right field thing going on. He's been playing right field, right? Because I saw the joke that Joey Manessis is the best right fielder in the game. Uh, yeah, blah, right blah, field blah. first like, base. Know, they the traded Soto so they could replace him with Manessis. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was I read that joke somewhere. So yeah, Manessis is going crazy. Four twelve, four forty four on base percentage, seven ninety four, seven ninety four slugging, fourteen hits and four homers. Has accounted for four of the team's twelve homers in that ten game stretch. 
How about that? Corey Abbott makes the longest start of his career, six innings pitch, two earned runs in the third game. But newly acquired Jake McGee gives up the go-ahead knock in the third game as a national, in his third game as a national. They got a lot of guys making their debuts. Uh, Abrams makes his Nats debut in game one. He goes 0 for 4. Cruz hit a go-ahead homer. The playoff odds for the Nationals are 0.1%. Not good. The 14th best team in the National League, the Pirates, they dropped two out of three to the Red Sox, and Keith Hernandez just torched them on air. Not He just... Keith Hernandez said that they were nameless. He said, you go to the Royals, at least they got prospects and fun names, but the Pirates are just nameless. I forget the full quote. Uh, I wish I had it up, but yeah, he kind of torched them. They played into it. And I think I somewhat disagree. Like O'Neill Cruz is a fun prospect. They, they got some other guys that I don't think are as exciting as Bobby Witt Jr. But I don't think the, and not just not as many guys are supposed to be there long term. Brian Hayes, he's still young. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is like lighting up Statcast every night. They got Brian Reynolds isn't a rookie, but he's a name. That I wouldn't pin it on the players the way he did. I would just say like it stinks that their front office is like the Pirates forever have been trading, especially when they traded with the Yankees for. Um, Ronzi Contreras and what's our other guy that we like that we like his name it's fun name oh from the Yankees the pitcher uh Hoy Park and uh they traded Diego Castillo not the pitcher. yo-yo we had a nickname for oh him. oh Miggy Yahoo Miggy Yahoo like yeah, the Hoy. Pirates were trading for those guys Hoy Park Miggy Yahoo Ronzi Contreras not top prospects but they kept saying we just want MLB ready players because they want because that's what Keith's talking about. They wanted to play is one of the rookies. Yeah. Because they're cheaper. So it, it is true. But Brian Reynolds had a two homer game, four homers in his last 10 games. He's going crazy. Let's see. It says he was riding an 0-15 streak when he got activated from the IL on July 15th. So he's a hot now. Rodolfo Castro gets suspended one game for having his phone in his pocket. Mm-hmm. We've gone Makes two sense. minutes on both teams. I, I think everyone agrees it wasn't malicious and he wasn't cheating, but I it's also, hey, you can't have tech on the field, so they have to do something. Got to set a precedent. Um, Yeah. Michael Chavis, I mean, he's their third hottest hitter. It's not that hot. But there's that kid who does all those interviews on the field where he asks MLB players on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram stuff, like what they lift and how much they work out. And Chavis grabbed the mic, flipped it on him. I also wish I knew that kid's account since I'm shouting him out. And I and it was the most personality I've seen out of Chavis in a while, and I thought that was fun. So that's a pirate update. Michael Chavis had fun with the kid who does interviews about weightlifting. Um, someone in the someone in the chat said it. Hodgepodge of nothingness. Mm. I mean, have have we have we made hodgepodge of nothingness shirts yet? Like they should start wearing that with pride with all the silhouettes of all the guys on there. That'd I'm be awesome. sending that to our people right now. Playoff odds for the Pirates: zero point one percent. The Reds in 13th place in the NL. They lost to the Phillies 4 to 3, then 11 to 4, and then they won a nail biter 1 to nothing on Wednesday. The Reds are 19 and a half back in the division, 17 and a half back in the wild card. They're 3 and 7 in their last 10. Vado is out for the season with season ending uh surgery on something that he thinks happened in 2015 that he's been dealing with and way able way to, uh, able to overcome but can't anymore. 
He's got one more year in his contract and then a club option, which I don't think is going to get picked up. He's 38. I watched one episode of the Jeter doc and it was when Jeter got injured at 38 and they, it was about how he's the most miserable ever because he didn't want that to be his last year in baseball. He wanted to come back and play. So I feel for Votto because I think he's probably feeling the same stuff, wants to come back and play. Maybe he didn't want to finish out this se- season and then have his last year next year, potentially last year, be awful. And so maybe he's trying to get it fixed so his last year in MLB can be a fun one and he can feel healthy. So th- that's the biggest Reds news coming out. I mean, the Reds have played better ball since April. Kyle Farmer, he's been going off the last 10 games, got a 405 average, 15 hits, just one extra base hit, though. So a 421 on base and a 431 slugging. Was that one extra base hit a homer? Looks like it may have been. Because otherwise the slugging would be lower, I think. But, so, yeah, that's the Reds. 0.1% of the playoffs. The Cubs, the Cubs, they won the two games against the Nationals. They're 16 back in the division, 14 back in the wild card. Franmil Reyes, they picked him up after he got let go by the Guardians, and he's going off for them. 367, he's got six extra base hits, two home runs. It was very weird that the Guardians let Franmil Reyes go. It very much seemed, he had options, I believe. They were just kind of done with dealing with him. The rumors were that, he didn't want to play the field. He just wanted a DH, I believe, and he just yeah. wanted to hit homers, and, and they kind of wanted him to play the outfield and not just be a DH. I think I think that's the situation. I think the Mariners are going through the opposite situation with the player. Maybe we'll get to that later. But good for Framil. Came back. He's hitting. Two home runs. Ian Happ, our dude. He's got a 290 batting average, 325 on base, six extra base hits, three home runs, eight RBIs in his last 10 games, had an eight-game hit streak with multiple hits, in four of those games. So good for our guy, Ian Happ. He said when he was mic'd up for that game that he thinks of himself as a righty and a lefty as two different people, kind of like how uh, people who speak multiple languages sometimes say they have different personalities, like they could be really feisty in one language but really timid in another. So I kind of want to ask Ian Happ, like, who would win in a fight, your righty batter or your lefty batter? Like, who's smarter, righty or lefty? Because I think he's got answers for that. I think he'd, like, no. Yeah, like right away, he just knows the personalities and, of and his if he righty hitter and his yet, lefty he'd love hitter. To think about it. So, if you say that they're two different people, then explain those two different people to me. Good job by Hap. Bad job by the Cubs. Zero point one percent playoff chances. Oh my God, the Rockies got swept by the Cardinals. The Rockies swept the Cardinals at home a while ago, and since then have won like four out of the last thirty at home or some some crazy like that. They're thirty one and a half back in the division, fourteen and a half back in the wild card. Ryan McMahon, he's their top hitter in the last 10, and he's got a 273, 333 on base. Uh, with uh, is, He's their top hitter in their last 10 games. He's got a 737 OPS, which isn't amazing. Um, looks like actually Grichik is better. We just have him in a, a weird order. Good. Grichik likes us. I like Grichik. Yeah, he had a bit of a, on a walk game against, uh, against the Cardinals when they swept him. That was nice. Uh, Rockies never swept the cards. They swept someone. It was the one, Phillies, two maybe out, one, two out of three against the Cardinals. I think. Uh, I think they won a series at home, and since then they haven't won anything. They look at this. The Brewers traded for um, the Brewers got Denelson Lamette from the Padres. Then they DFA'd him right away. It was just to clear roster space. He was coming back from injury. 
they put Lamette in, the Rockies do, and he goes walk, walk, infield single, hit by pitch, walk off, hit by pitch to lose it. Maybe, maybe that guy wasn't ready. I don't know. Man. I don't know. That's it. That's enough for the Rockies. The Marlins. Marlins have some fun stuff going on to make me really wish they were fun. They beat the Padres uh, three to nothing. Then they beat them four to three. They lost on Wednesday. Did they play yesterday? It wasn't a four-game set, was it? Don't think it was. Four. We don't have it as one, but I don't. I'm looking. Yeah, hold on. Uh, no, no, no. So nope. just a three-game. They won the series. They lost game three. Jacob Stallings, 400 batting average, 478. He's hot. Too tall to be a catcher. Weeders kind of changed the game, huh? J.J. Blade, pretty fun name. He's got a 182 batting average. Not great. Five of his six career hits are extra base hits, including two homers. So he's got a 182 batting average and 826 OPS, which is third on the Marlins in the last 10 games. How about that? J.J. Blade. End of the season, the playoff chances are 0.1. Just swing hard and hit homers. Pablo Lopez got touched up. That's not fun. Maybe he knew he was going to get traded, so he's sad. Yeah. Him and Glaber, Texan. Cronenworth Grand Slam. Jake's D-backs had a four-game series against the Giants. They lost the first two. They finished strong. They're only nine and a half back in the wild card. How about that? They're six and four in their last 10 games. Finished strong. I didn't like check in on a lot of these highlights. I wonder if they're still just running like crazy, especially against the Giants. That's how they beat them when they were hosting them in, in Arizona. They just like, like bunted and, and ran like nuts. Um, Emmanuel Rivera, an odd trade that didn't get a lot of attention. He got traded from the Royals because they were just like out of room. His start to his D-backs career has been pretty nice. Uh, since getting traded over, he's got four homers in the first nine games. In the first nine games since getting traded over, 355, 429 on base percentage. So Emmanuel Rivera. Honestly, we did the trade deadline and we're on top of everything. And I saw that and I was like, what? That trade happened? Yeah, that one huh? did not stick in my brain. Josh Rojas is also having like a really good season. A uh, really good season. Since July, he's got a 396 on base percentage. Might be higher now after the next two days, but yeah. Need a nice Josh year last year. What's that? Need a nice year last year. Nothing yeah, and crazy, then uh, but... Bumgarner was in C uh, San Francisco. He allowed six earned runs, but walked off to a non-ironic standing ovation. He was in San Francisco, <laughs> which is just odd visual, but you get it. It, it yeah. fully makes sense and it's awesome. But a guy to kind of get a guy, it's funny for Bumgarner because there's no way he's satisfied or happy as he's walking off the mound. And then you're getting a road applause because <laughs> they're, they're just applaud. It's a legacy yeah. applause. And they weren't doing it to like troll him. No, whoa, it's not ironic, no. and, but it, he's such a competitor that it's it's still funny. Like even if that was your home crowd, it's such a competitor to be such a competitor to get just a standing ovation for a bad outing. <laughs> it's it's funny, um, but that's nice of the crowd there. Uh, okay, what else happened? 
Uh, D-backs got walked off on. Ian Kennedy got the first two outs and gave up a triple to Jake's Tyro. More on that when we get to the Giants. Gallon went 7.1 shutout innings with 12 Ks for the win. And their playoff odds, oh, 0.6%. How about that? A little higher than the rest of the teams. I feel like I'm giving these teams more than a minute of my time. Yeah, you've been about a minute 40 per. What the fuck? And those are the bad teams. The Giants, we just did them. So that's funny. So the Giants are the eighth eighth ranked team in the NL and the D-backs are the seventh. They split. So they're closer than you would think. Uh, Lamont Wade, he's hitting. He's got four homers in his last eight games. J.D. Davis uh, breaking some of our Mets friends' hearts by going off in San Francisco. Evan Longora hit his first homer in a while. Um, I think in a month. Yeah. They split. I don't know. The Giants stop splitting with teams worse than you. Another split. The seventh seed Brewers won uh, two games against the Dodgers. It was kind of an odd series. I watched the last game. McCutcheon had some hits. Renfro had some extra base hits. Rowdy Telez, five for 27, but two homers. Um, still kind of hitting. The uh, the Brewers pitching is interesting to me. It's not. It's shallower than I remember or, or think. Um, Hauser's out. I know that. Peralta's in. He doesn't go deep into games, but they love Peralta. I think he's working his well way back. He was out for uh, a while with something. I forget exactly. Yeah, what. yeah. And um, says here the Brewers manages four hits in Game Three. Gonsolin went seven shut with two hits. Their playoff odds fifty one percent. What a jump! What were the Giants' playoff odds? Three. Uh, they yeah they are three. Giants' playoff odds were three. The Brewers are 51. I guess that's their yeah. seven seed, eight seed. And Jake's been on it. At least one team in the NL is going to be absolutely heartbroken at the end of the year. Yeah. Padres. We talked about it from the Marlins side. They lost two out of three. They had the situation with Profar. I made a I made a breakdown on it. I really don't think it was anything big. I think it's a cool moment. Like a lot of the people that watch the breakdowns don't watch, follow baseball uh that much probably like 80% of the people. So I, I always like those moments that are kind of just like learning or like, like, look how, look how cool this sport is that so much goes into it. Cause Kim ran to the wrong uh, outlet cut, cut off and pro far didn't want to throw to him there. Cause he was like, nah, the play's the third. And by the time he just threw it, Mickey Ross took advantage of him. And then they, they all like talked to him in the dugout. It wasn't a big deal. I think Manny Machado is just bad at tough love. I think he's yeah. just bad at he's a little communicating with teammates. He love. gets a little too tough. Musgrove comes over with a tough love. He goes, Musgrove walked over, the pitcher, who the earned run is against, and he kind of just like did a little like chest or fist to his chest and said, he said, um, hey, don't do that. Just throw the fucking ball in. You're good. Let's go. And that's good tough love. And then Soto, he came in as the, you know, he's the new teammate. Yeah. So he came in as good cop arm over his shoulder, talk to him a little bit. I, I feel like it was nothing, although the Padres aren't winning yet. Manny Machado with his bat is doing a whole lot of talking. He's going off. I know this doesn't count last night, but they hit a, hit a 3-0 home run. That was like a bomb. But this stat, treated by Jesse Agler, was awesome. Manny Machado's eighth straight game with more than one hit. Last two Padres to do that, Sheffield in 93 and Tony Gwynn in 88. Eight straight games with multiple hits. Wow. 
Kim's hitting well, Soto's hitting well. All these individual good lines, but I, I whenever I read what Padres fans are saying, they're saying the offense stinks. So I don't know. I don't know. Their playoff odds are 58%. The Phillies took two of three from the Reds. They won the first game, four to three. Next game, they put up 11 spot and hit a bunch of home runs. The Phillies seem to hit home runs in bunches, especially against bad teams. If they play the Nationals or the Reds, it seems like they're going to hit 10 home runs that series. They punish them. Uh, Reese Hoskins, he had three homers in his last 10 games. Um, Bryson Stott is going off his last 10 games, and and BBD's Derek Hall. Syndergaard had a good start. Um, the Phillies. Had five homers in game two. How about that? Ranger Suarez goes seven shutout innings in game three, but it got wasted. Their playoff odds 91% for the Phillies. How about that? The East currently has three in the postseason, the NL East. I uh, will note for our audience our playoff odds, I think, all come from baseball references, playoff odds. Different websites have different formulas for it. Yeah, I was reading about how they do it differently today, and then I was like, oh, I don't care. So I stopped reading it. The Braves played four against the Mets. If you remember, they played four uh, the first weekend of August, and the Mets won three out of four. This time, the Braves win three out of four. And in their one loss, they kept inching and inching back and making the Mets use their pen. Uh, the Braves are three and a half back in the division now, and they're seven and a half up as the first wild card. They're nine and one in their last 10 games, and I believe they were promised an ice cream machine if they won the series by their GM, right? Is it Anthopolis that did it? I think so. So they get a new ice cream machine. They call up another, they call up the, the I think call him up, the rookie, Harris. He's comes through. Their pitching's good. Freed goes seven innings pitch, two earned runs. Harris knocked in the go-ahead run in the first. Um, and even the game they lost, they like I said, they, they trailed um, twice. They came back twice. They trailed six to one. They cut that to six to five. Then they trailed nine to five. They cut it to nine to seven and then lost. But, you know to find good in a loss. So the Braves are having fun. I, a little more in the Braves was one of the topics I, I want to talk about kind of like slower and at length. So I can, I can maybe get to that then Cardinals swept the Rockies. Uh, good for the Cardinals. They're in a race. They're three up in the division. Now they're seven and three in their last 10 Albert pools hit a grand slam and, and um, Wayno went seven innings pitched, and it's the first time a team has ever had a 40-year-old hit a grand slam and also a 40-year-old go seven innings pitched, I believe, like that. So the old guys are doing it. Goldie continues to go nuts. Arenado has eight extra base hits and four home runs in the last 10. Um, so Cardinals are just doing it. Monty gives them another good start. Gives up his first run as a Cardinal in this game. He's been really I good. believe they're getting like somewhat good updates from Flaherty. So good things happening for the Cardinals. Their playoff odds, 95%, 80, this, listen to this playoff odds, 95% to win the division, wow. but they're only three up to win the wild, to, to make it as a wild card, 8.2%. And remember the Phillies are kind of in the wild card right now and they have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So it looks like the NL Central is going to be a, a one 
team division, no wild card spot, I think. And good for the cards. They have the, the games right now. The Mets, they are the second best team in the NL. They dropped three or four to the Braves. They had some injury scares. Carrasco, Cookie Carrasco exits early. He's going to miss three to four weeks with a low-grade left oblique. The next day, Taiwan Walker comes out early, but they think he'll be good, um, and he's going to be all right. Brett, how do you say his name, too? Beatty? Batty? My understanding is it's Brett Beatty. I've seen people tweet that this should this should be pronounced Batty because baseballs plays yeah. played with bats. All right, so I think it's Beatty. so we have two Beatties in the league now. Wildly different spellings. Huh. Yeah, Brett Beatty homered on his first swing and his first at bat, which is something if you've ever listened to any of talking baseball, talking Yankees, something I advocate for. Swing Even if you're Beatty. not a homer and hitter, your first pitch if it's in the zone, you swing as hard as you can. You only get one shot. One shot. I wouldn't care if it was over their head and they swung. You get one shot to have uh, the first swing of your MLB career as a home run. You got to take it, in my opinion. Um, DeGrom gave up three earned runs in 6.2 innings pitch, took the loss. DeGrom has that crazy tweet. Did you see this DeGrom tweet about his uh, miles per hour? DeGrom? A tweet from him? No, I no, no. It's, um, I was going to say, I don't think I've seen him tweet. Codify tweeted it. Uh, percent of Jacob DeGrom fastballs that were 99 plus miles per hour in 2014, zero, 2015, 0. 0.1, 2016, zero, 2017, 0. 0.2, 2018, 0. 0.8, 2019, 2.1%, 2020, 37%, 2021 and 2021-2, 61.8%. That kind of raises more questions for me than than like wows me. Does he not? Does he need to do it? Is it the same effort and arm speed he was throwing with before? He just found a slot and and momentum and build up and grip that can he's throwing harder now or like because he's also getting injured more recently. Does he not need to do that? I don't know. It's cool, but yeah. with his injuries, he struck out. I'm scared. He struck out someone in the Braves game yesterday. I know he didn't have a uh, 101 uh, uh, low and away, spotted it. It was so cool. Pitches like that are wild. All right. The best team in the NL, the Dodgers, they split with the Brew Crew. They're 17 up in the division. They're 17 up in the division. Seven and three in their last 10 games. Max Muncy is fully coming around. He's got a 415 on base percentage in his last 10 games, eight extra base hits, four home runs. It reads like a Max Muncy line. Gavin Lux, seven for his last 29. Two homers and a triple. The triple almost was a home run. Um, Gallo, four for his last 19. Three homers. So he's enjoying L.A. much more than he did in New York. Urias, five shut in game one. Freeman and Lux hit home runs. Kimbrell blows it in game two. I'm talking about closers on the second half of the show. Gonsolin shut out. Heaney gave up five runs, three earned, but he struck out 10. What the fuck is that about? Heaney, who are you? Playoff odds for the Brewer, for the Dodgers, 99.9%. Holy moly. I'm pausing the clock, which I'm late on anyway, because I just talked way too much about everyone, BBD. And as I catch my breath, can you hit him with who's sponsoring the second half of this segment? The second half of Jimmy's MLB Whip Around is brought to you by Manscaped. 
Fellas, fantasy football draft season. Jake is out doing that right now. He's having his fantasy draft weekend. It's right around the corner. C.D. Lamb is good, but have you seen D's beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leader in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code Talking inside the performance package 4.0, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, your nose hair trimmer. That's come in handy a bunch of times. Crop preserver ball deodorant. Tried that out a few weeks ago. It was an experience. Felt clean. Crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs. We love those. I'm wearing them right now. The travel bag. Jake has that with him in Austin. Uh, Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have hairy balls. Get what? 20% off plus free shipping with code TALKIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with code TALKIN. That's T-A-L-K-I-N, no G, at manscaped.com. Time to put the PP back in PPR and get a grip on your pigskin this season with Manscaped. You see why we improv it a lot of times. They did a lot of fantasy football jokes, which I'm into this time of year. But. All right. Timer back on. Let's see if I can be quicker this time. The AL 15th place, a split with the Rangers. Ooh. A's are 21 back in the wild card. They're two and eight in their last 10. Uh, Cap had a good start. And Athletics broke game three open with four in the eighth, including Shea Langeliers. People said that he looks like me or I look like him. First career homer in the second game. Okay. I haven't seen um, his face, but I love his body. Tigers split a series with the Guardians. Ooh. Oh, they had a double header. Man, double headers stink because people don't take them seriously. But Tigers, they split the double header. The Guardians, um, they lost game one. They won game two. Then they won on Tuesday, and then they lost the final game. So Guardians, you need to win three of those games and maybe the double header wasn't there. I don't know, but the tigers, you're 19 and a half back in the wild card. You fired your GM. Do they currently not have a GM? Um, Javi Baez is uh, one of their hottest hitters lately. And the numbers aren't that hot at all. Javi Baez is we, I asked Max to put their top three hitters last 10 games, just to let people know who's been hot or not. And Javi Baez is one of the three on here. Hottest tigers hitters in the last three games. And he's got a 268 batting average, a 302 on base, and a 390 slugging. Looks like that would be an OPS in the sixes. 693. 692, if I'm doing my math right. Um, damn. Yeah. Still. Harry Carpenter highest. had six hits and two homers in his first six career games. So good for him. Yikes. All right. The Royals get swept by the twins. 16 and a half. Back in the wild card, they're three and seven in their last ten. Vinny Pasquatino continues to hit though. His last ten, one dot four nine seven OPS with five homers. He had five homers in a seven game span. Mm. Salvi, he's hitting good for him. And Michael Massey was recalled after the deadline and is slashing two ninety six, three forty, four thirty five. I don't know if it was this series, but. He homered last night. Yeah. I mean, Interesting. and then in this in this series, uh, whatever, Royals, 
out. The Angels got swept by the Mariners. The Angels, oh my God, I did that breakdown. They just threw the ball around. They had the infield in, the good positioning. The catcher was just like incredibly not taught, if anything. Like no one ever taught him to do less. He needed that lesson from Paul Rudd. Like you're doing too much, do less. He was doing so much. Like four times or three times he should have just held the ball and he didn't. If no one saw it, it's like Mariners, I'm happy that you won, but you got handed that win. But you are playing pretty well. Something interesting in Mariners land is that Kyle Lewis got sent down to AAA, uh, rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis, right? Yeah. Tore out his knee. I think he really can't. He's not mobile anymore. He can't run. Like they're like he's really they, a DH now because of a knee injury. That's sad yeah. and sucks. I they think don't let it him play seems the field like two days in a row anymore. What's that? They don't let him play the field two days in a row anymore. At least as of when the Yankees were playing them. I and they so. wanted him the DH, and so they sent him down to AAA. And uh, the GM, he had some. He's very honest. He was like, he's fully healthy. He hasn't played since he got sent down. And the GM made it seem like he's just taking this really hard and he like they gave him mental days because he was just like did not think he'd get back down to triple a and is coming to grips with the fact that the mariners see him as just a dh now that kind of alters his future so it's an interesting situation that's an aside because the mariners are playing good baseball they're winning they're fun they're crisp his, Um, his rookie of the year and like he was a fun center fielder to watch he was he believes that's still in him, but if he's got these injuries, that stinks. Yeah. Um, Shelley had four hits, four RBIs, his 27th home run, and I, and they still lost. Uh, that's the Angels. Uh, Tungsten. The Rangers, they're your 11th seed in AL. They're 10 and a half back in the wild card. They fired their coach, and they had their GM do the press conference announcing why the manager was getting fired, Woodward. And then, like, four days later, they fired the GM and they asked him, the owner, I think it's the owner, did you know that you were going to fire him when he was doing that press conference talking about why he fired the manager? And he said, yeah. Jeez. So what? Bizarre. He's like, I didn't want them to be conjoined. He was like, it was the GM's decision to fire the coach. And then we fired him. And it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of, it just seems like fucked up for fucked up sake. Yeah. And those are two positions that are very typically linked. Yeah. I don't, I don't really understand it. It was really weird. Dunning had a good start. Six innings pitch, two and runs uh, to salvage a series. Good for him. Their playoff odds are 0.1. Red Sox are in 10th place. They took two out of three from the pirates. They're five back in the wild card. They're five and five in their last 10. Verdugo's starting to hit. He's 13 for his last 34 with six doubles, one dot OPS in August. Can you pull up Verdugo's numbers on the year now? I'm very much rooting for him to pull it together and have good numbers on the year. Tommy Pham. His numbers uh, on the year. Good- he has just gotten over a league average OPS plus. Okay, ben. keep going. Keep going, Doogie. Hey, they, they also uh, picked up Elvis Andrews, the Red Sox. The White Sox. The White Sox did. Oh, my God, my socks mixed up. That's so fair. Yeah. Um, Red Sox have a 4% chance to win the wild card, 0.1 for the division. White Sox, they picked up Elvis Andrews at shortstop. Uh, they also had two really exciting games against the Astros where they won. They came back. They won 4-2. to two. 
Then they won four to three. Then on Wednesday, they lost three to two. Like, all right, we can still win the series. And at worst, it's a split. So we'll walk away feeling good. Wrong. G. Lito gets blown up. They give up 21 runs in game four. And I think even though they split the series, the White Sox are walking away like, what? And the Astros are walking away like, eh. But I am a little concerned about one tiny aspect of the Astros. That's one of the topics later on. And it goes back to those first two losses a little bit. Um, the White Sox also had a fan tell Tony Russo to pinch hit angle, pinch run angle. And then he did. And then he was the go ahead run. I, I don't know if they asked Tony Russo about that. I don't know if he really made the move because the fan yelled, or they kind of came up at the same time. I had the footage and I wanted to make a breakdown, but I, I've been crazy busy. I still want to, because just like the headline alone, fan tells manager to look into what to do. Um, yeah. G Lito's having a rough season. White Sox have a 13% chance of the wild card and a 35% chance at the division or 22% chance at division. So get high. How about that? And the twins, the twins, they do the sweeping of the Royals who we already talked about, which is good because it puts them one and a half out of the wild card because Cleveland is still up there um, and only one back of Cleveland. So that's going to be fun. White Sox are two and a half back. The Central is pretty fun. Um, the Twins, uh, Ryan had a good start. Sonny Gray had a really good start. Uh, Molly exit after 2.1 innings, so that's kind of scary. But they checked out okay, they're saying. So five relievers uh, for the Twins had to come in to the last game because Molly left in the third, and they finished it out. Who were the relievers? Because they traded for so many relievers. I wonder. I think the Twins trades are working, uh, the post-deadline the trades. So that's cool. The Orioles took two out of three from the Blue Jays. And you're like, shit, are the Orioles the best team in the East currently? They're two and a half back in the wild card, 11 and a half back in the East, five and five in their last 10. Um, Odor's still doing what he does, but Mateo, he's hitting, he's getting on base. He's hitting um, homers, his first career five hit game. Cedric Mullins tapered down a little bit, but his number, they're the top three hitters. So it looks like the offense probably tapered down. Um, Mullins and Adley go back to back in the fifth to tie the game. Then Urias puts the O's on the board in the top. Both went six shutout innings in game three. And I also think I had a note here. I think this pertains to the Orioles, which is good. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. The Orioles, the new um, baseball America released their mid season farm rankings. The Orioles are number one. And they've already graduated some guys. So that's pretty cool. The Blue Jays, they lost two out of three of the Orioles. They're the sixth seed as the Orioles were the seven seed. They're nine back in the division. They're tied for the second wild card. They're four and six in their last 10 games, but they just beat the um, Yankees yesterday, which isn't part of this. Bo Bichette, nine for his last 33 with three homers and two doubles. Vladdy hit a homer yesterday, not part of these numbers. Kikuchi had another not great start. They moved him to the bullpen. In the next series against the Yankees last night, They we saw that for the first time. Uh, Stripling was perfect through six innings in game three. Um, the Blue Jays are in there. 
think there's 67 chance to be a wild card team. They don't, they have a 0.2 at the division. I don't know. I think they're gathering, figuring out pitching and bullpen. I, I don't really know. They look fine. The Rays, except they got Whit playing center field, and, and I've seen some times where he doesn't look natural or, or normal out there. He and even like in Kansas City, the years he bounced around position to position the most, it was mostly right field. So a little curious. Yeah. All right. The Rays, they took thir- two out of three from the Yankees. Uh, they're nine back in the division. They're tied for the second wild card. They're six and four in their last 10. Uh, I think they just won yesterday as well. Mejia, he had a uh, couple big hits in the series. He's, he's batting 391 his last 10 games, 440 at a three, ho- three run homer off Chapman in a game that the Yankees went to lose, but a nice swing. Uh, Arozarena, his numbers aren't great in his last 10, but I'm telling you, don't throw him a fastball right now. Nestor Cortez made that mistake and he absolutely jumped it. Fairbanks came back, he's been pitching out of the pen. Uh, Beaks had two shutout innings as an opener, uh, but then he gave up the walk-off grand slam. Rays look good. Um, We'll get to the Yankee side later. The Mariners swept the Angels. We talked about that from the Angels side. The Angels were awful. Mariners are seven and three in their last ten games. They are uh, in the. They are eleven and a half back in the division, but one up in the wild card. How about that? One up. Sam Haggerty. They're calling him Ham Swaggerty. He's got good numbers in his last 10. Actually, he's got a 323 batting average and a 289 on base. Is that right? Is that like a sack fly thing? Uh, I think so. Luis Castillo had another good start, looking like he was worth the trade. Uh, Mariners took the lead uh, in the six. Oh, yeah, I talked about that. It was just a mess. Their playoff nice. odds are 91% for the Mariners. That's awesome. Good for Love them. It. The Guardians are the third best team in the AL, or did it just because they're division leaders? I think they would be the third seed. Because they're division leaders. Yeah, okay. They split the doubleheader. They're playing with a lot of fire. I mean, they had a comeback. They struck out three times. The first three batters all struck out, but the third one reached on a drop third strike to keep the inning alive, and they were down four to two at the time. Then they went on to score four runs to walk out of the inning six to two. So they're kind of doing a lot of fun stuff. Classe, closers, talk about him later. Oh, my God. He's nuts. They have a 60% chance to make the playoffs. The Yankees are your two seed. Yankees are in a dark, dark spot right now. They have uh, lost three of their last 10. I think it's like three of their last 15. I think it it's is. It's awful. Um, I saw one tweet. Oh, well, I think it might have been. I think it was Carabas. He was doing a troll tweet. Yankees have three wins, and Montgomery has three wins since the since the trade. Yeah, yeah. All their trade deadline moves are not working. Benintendi hasn't really got going. He can play a better left field than they had before. He's striking out more than he than they would have liked because he wasn't a strikeout hitter. Uh, Moan toss has another awful start for them. Um, Josh Donaldson a big grand slam in this series, which helped them out a little bit. Judge is getting um, pitched around and, and then also just like nibbling at the bottom of the zone, which uh, is like his one weak spot. And then if you get the strike, you're going to get it. Otherwise, it's a ball and you just walk them. Everyone, the, two of these games, one of these games was like the worst Yankees game I watched as a Yankees fan. I'm just like, made me like despondent and awful and it was gross and I didn't like it. 
it become a background watch for me where I'll put something else on my main TV and then put the Yankee game on my laptop after like the sixth inning. Um, just uh, awful vibes. I pulled that move for the first time, having them just like fully not on my TV last night, which is it's it's just I mean, they, they're still nine up. I still think they can have a good September. They need some pieces back. Stanton is more needed than ever. Um, but yeah, Team, not, teams are not pitching to Aaron judge anymore and it is the right choice. Yep. Yep. It's a bad time. The Astros are your number one seed in the AL. They split with the white Sox. Uh, they lost the first two games. Uh, they're like I said, they won 25, 21 to five on the last game. They're 11 and a half up in their division. Seven of the last three. Alex Bregman has been hot. Lately, 432 average in his last 10 games. He's got a 512 on base percentage. Nuts. Kyle Tucker's going crazy. And Christian Vasquez in his last 10 games, they traded for him. Um, he's nine for his last 19, but they're all singles, and that's fine. That's who he is. It's but he's got a 474 on base percentage. Um, that stat line's so funny. Yeah, his stat line in his last nine games, or his stat stat line in his last 10 games is 474 batting average, 474 on base percentage, 474 slugging. Uh, His his slash line since becoming an Astro is 357 batting average, 357 on base, 357 slugging. And if you're going to be just a singles hitter, then you've got to have the on base percentage too to make sure it gets up that high, and you got to actually hit. Got to get that many singles. If you're not going to slug, then you got to walk and you got to really hit. To all my IKF stands out there who keep telling me he has value. Well, no, because he only had bats like 270, no extra base hits, and no walks. Whatever. Um, playoff odds, 99.9%. I went way over the 30 minutes. I went 40 minutes. It's not too bad. That's every team. They've all been talked about. Now I'm going to move on to the things I want to talk about. And uh, we'll we'll keep going. Keep going. Let's see. I'll do the umpires first. So there's been a lot of plays at the plate this season. Uh, you saw Rocco Baldelli get mad about it. Recently, you saw Austin Hedges get mad about it. There was one in Pittsburgh, I believe. There have been a lot of plays at the plate where the catcher has the ball, gets the runner out, the umpire on the field calls him out. They review it, and the replay control center says, no, you did not give him a lane reversed. That's the run scores. I think we've gotten nine of them this year. And I think in previous years, since this has been allowed and a rule since like 2014, there was like, there was like five um, or something like that. So it's just really gone up this call. Like the, the umpires in New York actually making the call. Austin Hedges came out and had some real uh, pointed words and, and he'll probably say it on, on a uh, Rose rotation because he's uh, on there with Rosie all the time. But he just said again, like no accountability. Um, you have guys with too much control, all this stuff. I want to want to hear what it's, what's, what's happening, what's going on. So the umpires released 
a tersely worded statement regarding the criticism. ESPN and some um, articles, Jesse Rogers wrote an article about it. The only thing that's weird to me is we don't have the full statement, which I would, I would love, you know, mm. like he, we did, we just have snippets of the statement from this ESPN article. Um, and not the full thing. I'll read what we have and I'll explain it to you. Jesse Rogers, ESPN umpires, because I have like an ABC article and all they're doing is copying and pasting it. Um, okay. So multiple reviews have been overturned. Let me see. The umpire said some stuff. And umpire said, it's simple. Don't block home plate without possession of the baseball or change the rule. So they're saying we're just enforcing the rule in the rule book. But it's interesting because they haven't, it's been in the rule book for a while and they never enforced it like this. Now, apparently they put out a, they put out a memo to all the teams saying we're enforcing this rule more than we used to this year. And I guess teams just kind of like, like, all right, sure. But now they really are. You're getting teams and players pissed off because it cost them the game. And it's a run, you know, it's not a base runner, like a run. That's as Pete Alonzo said, it's a run scoring composition. Umpire said, and I quote, recently, we have seen catchers taking advantage of runners. They expect will slide by moving into the base running lane without possession of the ball in violation of rule 6.01 I2. Such conduct only invites runners to collide with catchers, causing potential injury to players in a manner that the rule was designed to prevent. Catchers may not block the pathway, runners, blah, 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 blah. That's the boring part. Then the umpire said, it is also inaccurate to say that Major League Baseball umpires are not held accountable. It is often said of our profession that umpires are expected to be perfect from the start and then they get better from there. And I love that they put that because that's just like their creed. Like what they tell themselves. You know what I'm getting? You know, yeah. like that's like, <laughs> They're that's the just that what you tell that. yourselves. <laughs> like what's the Marines? Like the bravest and the boldest or whatever. The few, the proud. Yeah. But it would be like, you know, you know, people say we are the bravest and the boldest. And it's like, you say that. Nobody needed that. I can tell you only umpires have said you're expected to be perfect from the start and get better from there. Like, that's just something you guys tell yourselves because to like talk about how hard the job is, which it is incredibly hard. I'm always on that side, but you can't use that. It's not like, it's not like other people are saying that. So that, that line was like, made me laugh. Like guys, that's just how you compliment yourselves. And then they said, like players, our mistakes are subject to intense public scrutiny. And we are also held accountable by our employer in performance evaluations. Although we don't always know in real time, if our calls are correct, we review them closely following the game and try to learn from any mistakes. Now, I'm, I'm always on the side that some of these calls are too hard to make. And like it, umpiring is an impossible task and all that. But this is nonsense. There's just saying public scrutiny. Of course, man, you're doing something in, in the public. Like you're doing something that people watch. Of course, you're held to public scrutiny. That's not. And people have. You're like not rooting facing reporters. Don't, don't see like, like the real thing. Players have to face reporters after games 
who are egging them on and asking about every mistake. Hey, that strikeout, what was going through your mind? Like, and then they have to, they do it. So you're not held to that accountability where you have to answer questions. You do a pool report where you utter bullshit. No one can counter your bullshit statements and then you move on. So you're not held to the same accountability as, um, as players. You get your employee performance reviews. Sure. But they're secret. No one can see them. So what does that good do? You won't share them with you. You won't make the employee reviews public and umpires don't get sent down. Angel Hernandez has one of the worst umpires we've seen and he doesn't get sent down. So what are you talking about? Just be like public scrutiny. Isn't the same as losing your job, which is what MLB players and coaches get when they fuck up too much, (laughs) they get sent down. They're not part of major league baseball anymore. So for the umpires to be like, we've had enough. We're coming out with our, it's like, dude, you guys sound pissy and it's none of this is true. You're not held accountable. Your reviews are private. You know, you still get to call games no matter how bad you fuck up. Incredible job security. And and we got like 80 year olds. Joe West was how old? Hmm. So. Joe I West get it that they're in a rock and a hard place. If like, what's that? He's actually, he's only 69, but man. Well, he's got the body of an 80 year old. Yeah. <laughs> nah, 80 year old will wither down by that point. But this is a stupid statement. Umpire should have just stayed silent. Like either you're silent or you say things that are real, but this is a bad statement. And maybe they didn't reveal the whole thing. Cause other, this is worse. I get that they're in a rock and a hard place with the rule. Like, that's the rule. We're just enforcing the rule. Sure. Fine. Then MLB needs to alter the rule because a lot of these are, they're not blocking the runner. They have, they, they step into the lane as the ball is coming, which worded says it's okay. And then they catch the ball and they block the runner. And, and like hedges is right. Like these are runs. This is going to happen in the postseason. Yeah. It's kind of like how NHL kind of had the goalie interference like uh, happen. And then in the, in the postseason it happened. So, that article piqued my interest. I don't know if that would usually get talked about on the show. Definitely not a Friday recap, like no way. Yeah. But that that piqued my interest. I thought it was interesting that they came out and said stuff. Um, we are just about to hit the one hour mark, just so you know. All right. The next segment is brought to you by uh, CSG. CSG. Yeah. An expert in impartial third-party authentication and grading service for sports cards. You guys like sports cards? Well, every CSG certified sports card is backed with a CSG guarantee of authenticity and grade, which is the strongest in the industry. Collectors know they can buy and sell with peace of mind when a card is in the CSG holder because it is because its authenticity and condition are guaranteed. CSG constantly has the best turnaround times and pricing among the lead among the leading third-party sports card grading services. So if you're into cards, you want to check them out, grade your sports cards with CSG, get $15 off yearly memberships with promo code baseball at csgcards.com. There will be uh, a link in the description. There's a link in the description. They sent over a few cards with, uh, with the CSG box. And I got to say, one, I enjoy the box they sent them in. They okay. feel really good. I like that. We got a Garrett Cole. Heard of him. Yep. Hank Aaron. Heard of him. 
2021 Yankees. They weren't a fun team, but I've heard of them. And Connor Wong, he's kind of the oddball in the group they sent over, but mm. it's cool. They are all rated a 10. They send us their best. Okay. C S G. Awesome. All right. This is a quick, I'll do a couple quick ones because there's other ones that I, I kind of spent time on. So I want to talk about, I guess. Uh, Passon tweeted out about the Braves, how to keep the core together. They have Austin Riley through 2032. They have Matt Olson through 2030. Michael Harris, the second through 2030. 2030 just sounds foreign to me, like alien. Like I remember when back in 2004 or 2005, they, they started making quarters uh, and every state was going to get their own quarter. And then you would get the little piece of cardboard so you could collect them. And, and the whole collection was going to be done by 2008. And I was like, 2008, that's fucking sounds like a fake year. That's how 2030 is sounding hmm. to me right now, but we'll get here. Yeah. And uh, I guess then 2050 will sound nuts. I think my, my son will be like graduating high school. Acuna through 2020. Vaughn Grissom, 2028. Ozzie Albies, 2027. Spencer Strider, 2027. William Contreras, 2027. Kyle Wright, 2026. Max Freed, 2024. They're getting these guys on deals. Austin Riley said um, about his deal, why he wanted to be there. They are, I used to say the Padres were the, the best team for young fans because they're they're out there. They're in the Dodgers as well. Like those two fans, but those two teams, uh, most fun to be fans of if you're getting in the sport because they go out, they get the free agent. They make the trade. They're constantly doing and stuff. I don't know, man. I think the Braves might be the best team to be a fan of. Their strategy is awesome. Find the best local Southern boys who grew up loving the Braves. Lock them in. And then lock them up because you're like, hey, it's groupthink over there. Isn't this fun? Isn't this the most fun you've had playing ball? And, and don't you want to be with this group forever? You could make more money later on, sure, but then you're probably not on the team and, and you'd be with a different group and not in your hometown. It's nuts. Like Michael Harris, he's from Georgia as well, right? I believe so. They were reportedly offering Dansby Bogart's money, yeah. two seven, $270 million. He's got to think about it. Um, starting those conversations with him. They're offering ice cream machines if they win the <laughs> series. They're just fun, man. And that's so cool to be like, you can do it with the Braves because Braves country is so, it's like the South. It's so big. Geographically so large. Expensive. That's really fun. I mean, this is, this is good for baseball. In my opinion, I always say that like you want fans to have um, ties to their, to their players and the names that are going to be around and a part of it and like there and, and, and have good vibes. And that's why I, I, Rays fans love it, but I wouldn't enjoy being a Rays fan because I want to be like lock onto a dude's personality. And he's like part of the team and he's part of the community. And that's basically the whole fucking team. Yeah, their whole team is like, like obviously they have guys early in their like rookie scale deals, but they have guys locked in for way beyond that. Acuna it's and nuts, Albies man. Have, are on their cheap deals, which allows the, the rest of them to happen. Riley's now locked in. Matt Olson was traded for an extended really cool what? it's that's wild good. that's awesome for fans okay another thing i saw that i thought was super interesting i wanted to talk about and it was put together by uh reddit user johnny j curve so obviously all credit goes to him because uh, he posted he made this he got all the data and then he posted it to reddit 
and um, it's fun. So a lot of people think they're closer. Like th- th- there's certain things every baseball fan says about their team. Can't hit with the runners in scoring position. We play down to our competition, and um, our closer oh, it could never be easy. Always got to put someone on. Like those three things, every fan base says. And you don't realize every fan base says it. It's kind of like I moved a lot as a kid and uh, I went to two different high schools, but I then I w- did middle school um, in, a, in, a, in a third town and I went to the high school football games for there. So I went to three different high schools football games. And um, when I got to the third, you know, people would always be like, yeah, um, yeah, we run out to ACDC. And I was like, everyone does. And I was like, what? That's my school song. And I was like, no, every high school football team runs out and has an ACD song, ACD song playing during their games. And I'm like, how do you know? And I was like, because well, I went to three high schools and all three of them did. And I just telling you, like, no, that's I'm pretty sure it's our song. I'm like, no, that's how it is with our team. Can't hit with the runners in scoring position. Our closer, uh, just it just can never be easy, and we play down to our competition. Just everyone says those. Sometimes they're very true, other times they're wrong. There are um, there are stats here about clean innings uh, from closers, right? So this guy Johnny J Curve put it together. He has twenty seven guys here that have had. Um, uh, you know, over 15 or more save opportunities. And then how many of those did they allow a base runner? Um, and it's wild. So, Emmanuel Classe is nuts. Nuts. He's the best for the Guardians. He's had 29 save opportunities. He's converted 27 saves. 18 of the 29, zero base runner allowed for 62%. Now, where I say every team says this, third and fourth place are 50%. And if your closer allows a base runner to reach 50% of the time he pitches, I guarantee you're out there saying, it's never easy because you remember the bad more than good. And that's that's tied for third best. 50%. That's why I say this is something that every team says. Uh, Ryan Helsley for the Cardinals, he's second best. Um, 53% of the time, no base runner, no base runner reaches 53%. Um, so now here's the fan bases that are going to be vindicated. Craig Kimbrell, 80% or 79.13% of the time, he allows a base runner. 79, 80% of his games, he allows a base runner to reach. And you're right. It's never easy. You can say that there. I believe Craig Kimbrell just had his first one run save of the year. I think he's only gotten five chances at a one-run save, but I think he just converted his first one-run save of the year. Uh, Giovanni 
Giovanni Gallegos, Gallegos, he's worse, but he's not in the closer role anymore for St. Louis. Emilio Pagan, he's worse. He's not there. They traded for a lot of relief. Uh, and Tanner Rainey for the, the Nationals. I don't think he's the closer or it matters. So of all the closers going into the postseason, Kimbrell is the worst by far. 80% of the time he allows a base runner. It's not good. But I just wanted you guys to know, 50% is good. <laughs> that's that's third best. There's only two guys out there. Allowing a base runner, normal. Very normal. Every single fan base says that. But yeah, Emmanuel Classe, crazy, man. 93% of his saves he's converted. Um, Soto's the second highest for the Tigers, 92%. So, good shit. Josh Hader and Paul Sewald are the two tied for third at 50% of the time they allow a base runner. So good work by Johnny J. Curve on Reddit. I found that super fascinating. That I might have been able to sneak into a normal episode as an award. I think I would have I would think I would have snuck that in as an award. So it would have found its way into our, our normal format. And then here's the next thing that I put together. And sometimes. Most Fridays, I spend 8 a.m. to 12.30 prepping for talking baseball. Like the whole morning. And then I say one wrong thing, and every single comment is about how I don't know shit, and and I don't know anything, and that's why I kind of hate doing the show now. It's like, oh, I put in four hours of work, and that wasn't worth it at all. And I didn't want to do it this morning, BBD, because I wanted to work on breakdowns, but then I ran into fucking something. That led to be doing a Google sheet, copy and pasting stats for, for, for three hours again. Hmm. So they announced the postseason schedule and it's condensed, right? So the wild card game is three games right in a row. If you win, you're going to get two off days, I believe. And then you start the divisional series. If you go all three games, then it's a game off and then a divisional series. The, The divisional series, the five-game set, there's an an off day eliminated. So you go one, two, games one, game two, travel day, game three, game four. You're still traveling, but you don't get a travel day. So game five is right after game four with the flight. So when you And the same thing for the CS, okay? So the CS is game six to seven. There's going to be no travel day. I like it. It tests the depth more of teams because you've seen teams like the 2020, 2019 nationals, like the 2009 Yankees go three pitchers, three relievers. That's it. Bring us home. You need more uh, of a staff now. So I, I wanted to look at every team. Can you hear that in the background? I don't hear anything. If you knew how loud, whatever that is. Fill 10 seconds out. I got to shut this door. I'm filling 10 seconds. New postseason format. Weird it's off shut. days. Windows I should shut. tweet out a video. I just had like someone's using a uh, a table saw upstairs. Huh. I'll tweet this out just at Talking Baseball. So it's just a response tweet only. I mean, now I'm really fucking powering through it here, beeps. Proud of you. Out of you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's just really going. It's louder than I my can't voice. Hear louder than my voice. I was reading. This is related, but not the point I think you're trying to make. I was reading something about the postseason format. For whatever reason, I think the ALDS is on a slightly different schedule than NL, whereas like game, there's an off day between games one and two. Oh, okay. I think in That's the AL and not the NL. So in theory, and and then again between games two and three for the travel day, it's really weird. And then three, four, five are all in a row. I I don't. Think I believe that's not the case in the NL, and I believe it's in the DS. The World Series is the normal schedule, and it's weird. So you can have your your number one start game one and game you could think it's do game three on short rest, and then no, let's check. It's weird. Um, the uh, long distances are going to stink. So say it's the and whoever has to play the Mariners. Yeah, well, they're playing the right now. It'd be like the Rays right away in the three game set. But if the Mariners win, yeah, it would be right now. It'd be the Astros playing them. Um, Phillies Dodgers or Braves Dodgers is lined up for the DS right now. Mm-hmm. That would be a long, long flight. Uh, all right. So what I looked at because I was wanted to look at the condensedness of the or just yeah. I put this together. You can share this sheet, I think. I think it I put a link in there. You, you might have to put change like permissions to say like anyone can view. I think I did that. Give a refresh. Anyone with the link? View. Done. Okay. Dang. Um a lot of my Google Sheets are like very organized, but only to my brain. And and uh a lot of like Sam and a lot of our employees have had to struggle with that. I just, I need color coding and shit, but it's also just also odd. First thing I want to look at was, all right, hey, if you got to play three wild card games before you get to the DS, and then you have to play all those games in a row, like you're going to need pitchers that go three times through the order. Your starting pitchers are going to need to eat innings if you want to survive this postseason, and I'm talking, you know, you, you, you get to the CS and, and you're not like incredibly taxed because that's what happened to the Yankees in 2019. Zach Brin said it. Now it happened to the Rays in 2020 in the world series, but they were kind of taxed by the time they got to the world series. And then they just kept going and, and they weren't travel days. So they got rid of off days in the world series in the playoffs that year. So Rays Rays got, got there as well. Yeah. Yes, true. And that's a little, not as harsh as this, but still there. So I I got um, all the playoff teams or potential teams, and I was looking at their, their staff and their numbers third time through uh, the rotation. And I was trying to look for some, some scary situations. Twins, you're the scariest. Joe Ryan has a 7-1-3 ERA. Third time through the rotation. Sonny Gray has an 8-2-5 ERA third time through the rotation. Tyler Molly, he's got the best, but it's five. It's a 4-9-4 ERA uh, the third time through the rotation. That Joe Ryan has an 8-5-6 OPS against him third time through. Sonny Gray has an 8-17. Molly, 650. Uh, I put Bundy on there. I don't think he's getting a start, uh, but... He's your four, I think. I don't know. I tweeted out and I asked every every fan base to let me know who their top three were. 
But yeah, that's not good, man. That that's that's the most the worst, right? So then I said, okay, well, do they have bullpen that can cover this? Because if you're not going your third time through the rotation, which all the twins' numbers are bad, then you're gonna need a lot of bullpen. They traded for a lot of bullpen. But in the postseason, you want to use your top guys. Even if you're losing by two, losing by one, those innings are going to a guy that usually now comes in with a one-run lead or a tie game. You're not using your your slop guy in a wild-card series. So then I went and looked at their bullpen, every team's bullpen, to see how their top four, five high-leverage guys do on zero days rest. Because the wild-card is three games in a row, right? Yeah, that's just three games. So that's up. that's the formula you're going to need to do. You're going to need to have starters who can go three times through the order, and then relievers who can go on back to back days. And the Twins, I think. I mean, let me just double check this. I think struggled there as well. Um, Jorge Lopez has been um, horrible, horrible on one day rest. He has, this has to be wrong, um, the period's in the wrong spot on this one. He has a 704 OPS, uh, but a, uh, not horrible, I got, but a 338 ERA. It's not good. He's got 348 um, on base percentage against uh, after one day rest. He's done it 15 times, 16 innings. It's a decent enough sample, but the numbers aren't good. Duran, also not good. He's got a 3-2 ERA. And then you're saying 3-2 ERA, that's not bad. But we're talking reliever ERA and small sample size. He's got a 933 OPS a bunch. So I don't like that for the Twins. I don't like that the playoff format you need for a wild card game. They're not set up for it. The good thing about the Twins is they have a lot of names. They have Lopez, Jax, Fulmer, um, Duran. So they can maybe spread them out. But they have a lot of names. Let's see. The Brewers were another team that this formula doesn't like. And you think of the Brewers, you think pitching. Uh, Woodruff has been bad third time through the rotation. 944 OPS against with a 918 ERA. Lauer's been bad third time through. 920 OPS against with a 528 ERA. Even Burns has a 4-5 ERA third time through. Freddie Peralta might be there. Um, he hasn't been allowed to do it. Only six games and, and not a lot of uh, batters faced. So the Brewers, and they're smart. They play by these rules. They're not going to – they're going to stretch pitchers. Um, the Brewers might not be there, but if they are, that's what they're going to have to do. And then um, – Taylor Rogers, who they traded for, he struggled on zero days rest. Uh, he's got an 818 ERA. Devin Williams has been good on zero days rest. Boxberger's been bad. So, uh, I we, we BBD, I don't know if he, if he shared this with the live chat, but we can put it in the description. It's in Again, the description. it's pretty shoddy. It's, it's my Google Sheet work. And, I mean, it's up to date today. But this is kind of how I look at you know, the Dodgers are set up, but they're fine because they're they are not a wild card team. Now, I said I mentioned the Astros. The Astros bullpen, and they've seen this against the Yankees when um 
when Presley had to go back to back and against the White Sox when they go to back to back, they've had a couple times where the Astros bullpen has faltered on zero days rest. They're not going to be in the wild card, obviously, but still you might have to do that or you're definitely going to have to do that. And you got to, you got guys that aren't good at it. Neris isn't good. Presley's awful with zero days rest. He's got a 1.072 ERA uh, or OPS with a 10 ERA. Hector Neris has a bad ERA. Will Smith has a bad ERA and they all get hit pretty hard on zero days rest. So that, that the Astros were another team that stood out in that way to me. Um, The Guardians are, I think, tough in a three-game series. Hmm. Fosse, I already told you how good he's been as a closer. He's pitched on zero days rest 17 times. I think that's the most out of everyone I tracked. 17 games on zero days rest. Zero ERA. 170 on-base percentage against. A 342 OPS against. Fosse is Awesome on zero days rest. And then Trevor Steven, he's pretty good on zero days rest too. Um, Karen check. They don't ask him to do it a lot. Uh, Brian Shaw doesn't have, he's got good slash line, but not a great ERA, but yeah. Uh, the guardians, if they're, and they're winning the division now, which still helps. I don't think they've been great third time through the order. Not, not bad. The slash lines are pretty good all around besides police act, but I don't think he's part of it. I think it's uh, uh, McKenzie, Bieber, Quantrill, but they have some rocky ERAs, but their slash lines are good. So I like that. Mm. Let's see. I see Mickey, the trailer guy. He said, has he done St. Louis yet? Uh, We shared this so the people in chat can look. You can go look, but I'll do St. Louis. St. Louis has a lot of starters. Let me see. Let me get Palenti out of there because he's not a starter. Um, They have a lot of starters, so. You know it's going to be Wayno. He hasn't been he hasn't been great uh, third time through. He's got you know they start to slug against him. He's got a seven forty four OPS, but a four three five ERA. Again, not 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 many people have phenomenal ERA, so you have to do like a little bit of a pretty much everyone is is at least a little worse the third time a through curve the previous yeah, but. but but they have a lot of starters. And so this also teams that have a lot of starters, right? Like, like St. Louis or like the Astros or, um, uh, there's another team out there that I'm blanking on that can throw a starter, the Mets Peterson, they can throw a starter to the bullpen. That'll help if they can, if, if you're up, so say you're up like four or five runs and then you do what the nationals did and you get Patrick Corbin asked, Peterson, you say, go get these last so you don't have to burn your high leverage guys. That's the formula, especially with condensed schedule and not enough games. Um, the, the, let me get the Cardinals relievers. Gallegos, he's not great on zero days rest. Uh, neither is uh, Cabrera. Helsley's fine. Hicks, they don't. They've only done it twice. Palante, they haven't done it at all. Maybe something they should start doing. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go every every team. Like I said, we shared it. Yeah, but I just think that's kind of the formula. I think is going to help win is a condensed playoff series, 
and I think we've seen this, is all right, you need to have your high leverage guys be able to go back-to-back nights or at least on one day's rest. You need your starters to go three times through the order, and you need your four or five starter to be able to come out of the bullpen. So, interesting. Blue Jays, someone asked about the Blue Jays. Um, Barrios is is bad the third time through, but he's also just not good. But I think they're going to have him start game Um, three because they got money wrapped up in him. But I don't know because Stripling's been pretty good lately. Stripling's not good third time through the order. They Um, have the most bullpen guys good on zero days rest, which helps. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what I spent the morning making and looking at because I was like, that's kind of interesting. Oh, the Mets. They're, they're, the Mets have they have three, I think, of, um, or of the worst relievers on zero days rest, but not their big guys, Givens and Lugo. Uh, but I think someone else wasn't great either on the Mets. Uh, Ottavino, they don't ask him to do a lot. Trevor May hasn't done hasn't it yet done this it yet. year. He's just coming back. So you're looking at teams that have the best relievers that go on zero arrest that have actually pitched. Jason Adam for the Rays. He's been pretty good. He's done it 17 times. Manuel Clausé, he's been amazing. He's done it 17 times. Mm, Matt Bush in Milwaukee, but not that much. Devin Williams in Milwaukee. Edwin Diaz has been good on zero days rest. That's good. A lot of the Houston pitches pitchers haven't. So I don't know. Philly, their relievers seemed good. Philly's relievers were so odd to me. Yeah. Like what? They all got traded for, which meant I had to get the stats a different way. <laughs> uh, yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, Alvarado, not good. Alvarado, Rob, good. good. Dominguez, good. Even, but yeah, Brad Hand, good. good. Who's got the best whip? Uh, out of people that have actually done it, Dominguez on the Phillies has the best whip at five one seven. And Wandy for the Yankees is pretty good. Penn Murphy's pretty good, but I, I was looking at his usage and I don't think he's doing um I don't think he's doing like holds anymore. Really? And he got bumped down. Or he was doing it sporadically or or it's just matchups based. I don't know. Odd. I don't know. All right, let's stimulate and get out of here, Beebs. Sounds ready? good. I'm ready. All right. The Mariners and the Rays. They play a three-game set. Now, the Rays have a ton of starters and a ton of relievers and a bunch of people coming off the aisle, so they were they were a hard task. Uh, but the Mariners got a good one, too. Who wins? Ooh, the Rays. Ooh, okay. The Rays. The Guardians and the Blue Jays are lined up for the wild card. Cleveland. Go Guardians, go. How about that? Did you say that just because you want the Yankees to face the Guardians in the divisional series? I don't want it. Cleveland wins. Damn. Tough to say otherwise right now. Yankees can't win shit. Astros and Rays? The Strohs. 
Astros Guardians Championship Series. How about that? The Braves and the Phillies, they're set to play the wild card. The four versus the five. Braves. Nice. Uh, Cardinals and Padres. Ooh, the Padres. Really? Oh, the Padres were an interesting one on there because everyone's telling me that Clevenger is going to be one of their wild card starters. He's not good third time through the rotation. And their reliever situation is weird. Weird. And not good either. So I don't know if you can do Clev unless you do a, like, got a teams like that. They have so many starters that they can do a bulk, you know? Someone with another can. starter. Yeah. Dusty has a plan. Padres and Mets in the divisional series. The Mets. Ooh. That's going to be one pissy series on Twitter. Dodgers <laughs> and Braves. The Braves. Oh, they got that juju, dude. I had a I had a premonition. I was like, fuck, they're going to repeat, huh? Mm. I just it just popped into my head the other day. Um and I was oh, whoa, okay. Yeah. Wow. Might have popped into my head 20 seconds ago. Damn. Okay, Braves and Mets. That's an awesome championship series. I'm excited Baseball's for it. And crossing their fingers and hoping. Braves. It's actually an awesome NL playoff. Yeah. The whole thing there was good. Pretty interesting. Kind of a shit AL. Astros Guardians championship series. Houston. Oh, God. Astros continue to make the Stimulator World Series. I think that's four in a row, five in a row. There are the class, though. All right. Astros, Braves. Now, this is this would be like the fourth World Series out of the last five years for the Astros, and it'd be a new opponent. No. No, this would be a repeat of last year. The Braves year. beat them last year. And they've been, like, 2020 was a weird year. Wake up, they've Jimmy. They've all the other ones. Braves yeah. win again. Braves win. Wow. Good job by the stimulator. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out with us. I appreciate it very much. I had fun. I like that. Conversations I I wanted to deep dive in and got to. Appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Big sucks. Oh, I was early. No. Uh, Eating peanut balls is a dessert. Ooh.